Episode of True North Nerds. This week, the news, a bit of catch up with a certain member of our cast who is back, and uh, probably a little Ahsoka talk. Uh, But first, we have Ryan. Hello. We have Jen. Hi. And we have a returning Kevin. I'm back, baby. Yay, returning Kevin. Yay. (laughs) Been a long road getting from there to here. <laughs> um, so, as previously mentioned, we'll talk about Kevin's journeys abroad. But first, Ryan. Yes? What's in the news this week? What is in the news this week? Um, excuse me. Okay, let's start off with... Uh, we got some more... Well, here we go. Uh, The VFX workers at Marvel Studios, uh, they voted unanimously in favor of unionizing. Yay! Uh, Now this doesn't mean anything until Marvel Studios enters into negotiations with that union on a contract for VFX workers. Um, And at this point, no negotiations are scheduled. Uh, Hopefully, you know, for their sake and their well-being, um, they do negotiate mm-hmm. something because you know you, you're constantly hearing all these stories coming out of the different studios about uh, crunch time and overworking you know uh, the, the long hours and lots of demands on their time and their well-being and i think this is probably a good a good thing for their uh, these workers to do but that's my two cents um ooh, okay happier note we got a Doctor Who 60th anniversary episode trailer. Did everyone mm-hmm. see it? No, because I'm still not caught up, and I didn't want spoilers. <laughs> well, I think you can see this without spoilers, because it's a whole new Doctor. and I think you... That's a spoiler. Yeah, but you knew that. I know, but still a it's, spoiler. They always change the Doctor. Come on. Anyway, Kevin, I know you saw it. I have watched it. Um, uh, Jen, have you watched season four? Of Doctor Who. <laughs> uh, that is the that is the tenth Doctor and Donna Noble season. Yes. Then you're caught up. You can watch the trailer. Okay. <laughs> I really have to finish watching it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got to come back onto streaming. Oh, you've got all the D- the DVDs. Yeah, and it's not that I dislike. I, I actually really like Jodie Whittaker as the doctor. Her companions are a little iffy in my opinion, but I really like her. It's just, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just haven't gotten around to finishing it yet. I understand. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that tomorrow. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, so we got that trailer. Um, we're going to get a three episodes, uh, a three special. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Wow. My words are not working tonight. Uh, three episodes. Uh, so three specials this holiday season. Um, and that's going to wrap up this, and then we're going to get the new new Doctor afterwards. Have you seen any of the stuff that the BBC has released with um, Shurigatwa and his companion? No. Um, like, the one video I just watched today that was, I think it was on their YouTube page, was, where were you when you learned you got the part? And it turns out that uh, the companion, whose name I cannot remember right now, but I want to say it's Rose, just like the yeah. ninth doctor's companion. Um, she was at a tanning salon when she learned <laughs> she got the part. And the only person she told was her mother. I'm surprised she was able to tell anyone. Yeah. Well, she was allowed to tell her mother. <laughs> and that's it. And that is it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So I can't wait. 
we still don't know dates. It's got to be happening soon, but uh, uh, it's, I'm looking forward to it. And it's yes. supposed to be on Disney Plus. Yes. So. That's in Disney Plus, but the rest of it isn't. Well, I don't know. I think, I think the rest of it may be coming, because Disney Plus is the new home to Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. But oh, is that, it? Yeah. So, Does but that mean I'm, all of it's going to be on Disney Plus? I don't know. I think eventually hoping. it will be, but there's that also may depend on what TV rights are where. Canada has a habit of messing that up. So, uh, well, it's no longer on Crave. Yeah. So it's off of Bell Media. Yeah, but when I tried to watch it on Crave, it never worked, which is why I bought the uh, the DVDs or Blu-rays right. or whatever I got. <laughs> Very frustrating. Yeah, so it could be one of those things where the rest of it may not be on Disney Plus until the special, like until these new ones show up, right? Mm. It could be just a, it may be off of one thing, but then the deal for it appearing on the next thing may not be kicking in yet. Mm. That's my, th- that's what I'm wondering. Um. Ooh. Okay. We got some news for the Writers Guild uh, strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've agreed to a new deal. Yay! So their Yay. strike is over. Now the uh, actors are still on strike, but there is talk that they're supposed to be going heading into negotiations. I think this week, uh, with the studios wanting to being ready to really work at a new deal to get this over with. So here's hoping, and the hope too is that the writers' deal will lead to the basis of the actors' deal. Yeah. It's very much one of those, the first domino has fallen, so now everything else is going to start to fall into place type of deal, hopefully. Right. Uh, there's been a lot of, there's a lot of progress with, uh, you know, with the, some of the things that the writers were looking for. I uh, guess uh, part of the agreement is uh, AI won't be used, or you know, as a writer in a room. The writers won't be forced to work with AI. Um, it sounds like the studio's, as much as there was like the talk, the worry of or the, that uh, AI was going to be taking jobs or taking over, it almost sounds like the studios were just as, as worried about AI hmm. in certain ways. So, hmm. uh, but it sounds like there's a lot of a lot of progress, a lot of good things for the writer side uh, in that you know came out of this. So that's good, good for them. Ooh, um, ooh, I don't know. Did anybody else watch The Santa Clauses? I did. I did. I enjoyed it. Is it the show or the movies? The movies. The, the new Disney the, Plus the, season one. The TV last. series, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I haven't seen the TV series. Well, the movies, season yeah. two is coming our way uh, with a two-episode premiere on Wednesday, November 8th. Oh, that's soon. It is. Just over a month away. Um, I quite oh. enjoyed that show. It's not perfect, but I I I thought it was fun, and I'm hoping that um, somebody else starts to get transformed into Santa in the next episode, in the next season. Maybe the sun. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to wait and find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ryan Reynolds will be this year's recipient of the Robin Williams Laughter Award at the 11th Annual Gala for for Bring Change to Mind. Yay. So that's that's a nice little award for him. Yeah. And it's a good, you know, it's a good uh, charity. It's about all about, you know, mental health and all that kind of stuff. So good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, we got a new trailer for the Percy Jackson and the Olympians Disney Plus series. Interesting. Did anybody see that? No. Yes. Oh, there you go. What do you think, Brent? It looks like Percy Jackson and the Olympians. <laughs> well said. Well said. Honestly, like it was like I don't recall what the one before that was, like the the trailer before that. So it's yeah. like I I thought it looked pretty good. Yeah, I think the one before that was the teaser. That was where we first saw uh, Adam Copeland, aka Edge, as uh, Ares. And then, yeah, so no, looks good. I, like I said, I'm looking forward to this. Hopefully, it's a good show. I enjoyed those movies. So, 
Uh, anybody else watch Rick and Morty? Or am I alone on that? I've always wanted to watch, but I've never gotten around to. Uh, Well, we got the trailer for season seven, and that's uh, coming out right around the corner. Uh, This will be the first season with the new voice actors. Oh. And uh, there was she with one of them, wasn't there? Yes, the uh, the co-creator show. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There were allegations of uh, domestic assault and uh, some other stuff. So, yeah. They ended up parting ways. Uh, but yep, yeah, that's uh, right around the corner too. I think that comes out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, looking forward to that. It's always fun. Uh, here you go, Brent. You posted this one. We got a new trailer for the Toxic Avenger. Yay! That, that trailer I saw. <laughs> I have no idea what it's about. Other than there's going to be violence and blood. Oh, there will be blood. That's all I got out of that trailer. Yeah, so it's going to be gross. <laughs> as well, it should be because that's what the Toxic Avenger is all about. Okay. Um. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 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 interesting because this movie's been done for a while. Yeah. Like it's. Uh, I want to say it was finished like two years ago. That really? long ago. Huh. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to look it up. Uh, Sorry, I'm just getting the original one. There we go. Um, I was just wondering. Yeah, it was in po- in post production in December 2021. It, or uh, yeah, so by December 2020 or January 2022, it was like finished in in like special effects phase. Oh wow! Yeah. Hmm. Um, but, uh, this isn't like, this is a weird case of, it's not exactly a remake, but it's not a reboot either. Like, it's almost like this, uh, I guess remakes probably the closest thing for it. Like, it's almost like a toxic Avenger in an alternate timeline because they've changed a, a bunch of things in this, but, uh, like just the, yeah, <laughs> well, for one, yeah. And the other interesting thing about this, too, is, like, the people who are involved. Like, Peter Dinklage is one thing. Like, he's one of those guys who is using his fame to kind of do whatever he wants sort of sort of thing, which is cool. But, like, it's not only him in this movie that's interesting. Kevin Bacon is, like, the villain in this movie. See, I thought I saw his name in the credits when they were yeah. flashing names, but okay. Him and Elijah Wood. Although Elijah Wood's also one of those other guys who kind of weird stuff. does whatever the hell he wants now. Yeah. So I, I am very much looking forward to this. The uh, the reviews have been a little mixed, but yeah. I mean, we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it, but is it going to be in the theaters or is it going to be on TV? Like that streaming? seems to be like the question mark on a whole. So I don't see it getting a wide release if it goes to theaters. Because yeah. it's very much a B movie, with yeah. with a bigger couple... budget than any of those movies ever had. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll I'll watch it if we watch it at home. I don't think I would pay money above and beyond my streaming services to watch it, but yeah, mostly because I still have no idea what it's about. <laughs> That's okay. You'll find out. Yep. All right. Next, uh, James Gunn. Recently, recently confirmed four characters that will be returning in the newly rebooted DC movie universe. Oh, oh! They are uh, Viola Davis as Amanda Wall- Amanda Waller, nice. John Cena as Pe- Peacemaker. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna butcher this one. Azolo. Oh yes, yep. bless you. Uh, Blue Beetle. So the young oh, gentleman sweet. that played Blue Beetle, good, and and Freddie Stroma as Vigilante. Oh yay! Oh, interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. It's all like the comedic actors, and Amanda Waller. <laughs> well, it's three characters from the TV series that James Gunn made. Yeah. yeah. And Blue Beetle. <laughs> huh. I'm glad that the Blue Beetle made enough of an impact that he gets to stick around. Yeah. yeah. Me too. He was. That good. was a that was a good movie. 
Well, it's, it's a good movie. It was made in a vague enough way that it can fit into any DC movie universe, really. Right. So there's no reason, you know, it's it's a, you know, it's, a, you know, you got Hispanic actors, so it's another character uh, that's putting someone different than, you know, big muscle white guy on the screen. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's really good that they're uh, continuing. And, it, you know, it was a good movie. It's a good character. Mm-hmm. And uh, my last little bit of news here. So on September 29th, Netflix will officially have ended its DVD mail service. They will be sending out their last DVDs. Uh, I don't know about you. I didn't realize they were still doing the mail service. Nope. Uh. <laughs> but they were. Uh, so I guess the, the last ones. Uh, they have sent them out. They are letting the people keep them if they wish to. They don't have to send them back. Uh, I guess if you had signed up and checked off the wanting like a surprise or something, then they are also sending people like uh, extra DVDs. Yeah, because oh, they they probably had like a warehouse full of them somewhere. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. So. <laughs> so it sounds like they could be sending out up to ten DVDs to people. Like you go through your like, I guess the way it was set up, you could have like a wish list of ones you wanted to next you know your your next ones to to borrow so they're oh, just going to start cute. going through people's lists and sending out movies and stuff so yeah. that's good at least they're not just putting them all in a landfill jumping them in a landfill yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well, and that's it for me anybody else got anything good uh no. i've got one that popped up a, that i found a little interesting uh, so evil genius games which is a company that makes tabletop role playing games uh, if you have looked into tabletop role-playing games in the last year, you've probably seen them pop up because they're also the they've used their system to do basically like games for every license that's not currently bought up by somebody else. Like they have Total Recall, they have Highlander, The Crow, like a ton of them, right? And I haven't actually played any of their games, so I don't know what the system's like. However, the we're, there's a game that we're not going to get to play because they were originally set up to do the tabletop role-playing game for Rebel Moon, a.k.a. Zack Snyder Star Wars. Mm. Oh. That has fallen through, and Evil Genius Games is suing Netflix for a, for a wrongful termination of their agreement. Hmm. Basically, they're stating that, like, hey, everybody was super happy with this. And because, like, of the timeline of when the movie was going forward, uh, we prioritized this to get it done in a timely manner. So it wasn't, like, two years later the role-playing game comes out. Like, it was going to be, like, right before the, the, the movie comes out on Netflix, this was going to be available. And uh, that uh, that has been canceled so they're uh, basically they want money or the rights to release the game huh did they say yeah. why netflix was canceling it no basically uh let's see what the uh, that just seems odd um the netflix apparently declared a material breach and terminated the agreement on may oh. 25th uh, it's claiming that evil genius violated confidentiality portions of the agreement uh, at Gamma Expo by sharing artwork from the game. Uh, Evil Geniuses said that Netflix agreed to disclose certain artwork at Gamma for a solicitation purposes in conversation before the event. Uh, Gamma is, I'm guessing, just like a gaming convention. Probably, yeah. And they were just using it to like entice stores to buy stuff. Yeah, yeah you know, like, like you, you do. Know, the point yeah. of those conventions. <laughs> Yeah, that so, just seems uh, to me that almost sounds like it's like you know they, they Netflix was looking for an out. Yeah, and was like any oh. excuse. Yeah, because it's yeah. like especially if it's they if the the breach was artwork. Yeah. For the movie that you've already shown people trailers for, so what's the big deal? Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm also very curious of like. You know how how much money this will be settled for? Yeah. Mm. 
and then but, they just change a few names and send put the game out with called uh not rebel moon mm. yeah so that, that popped up in my feed this week and i, th- I thought it was a little interesting uh anybody else got anything no not not this week sorry yeah that's okay you don't have to How apologize dare you, kevin not have extra news <laughs> sorry been busy <laughs> that being said uh let's go on to uh topic number one going back to kevin hey kevin how was your trip oh my gosh busy doing (laughs) it was uh, it was a whirlwind of all kinds of craziness it was uh i was uh in europe for from the 7th of september till the 24th so uh that's almost three weeks and uh it was great um i flew uh from Toronto to Glasgow where I was met by one of my podcasting partners from uh, Galaxy Class. My friend Joe picked me up at the airport. He lives over there and we did some touristy stuff around Glasgow and then we went, uh, he lives in the town of Air and they were having their annual air show that weekend, the Air Air Show. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, we went to that. So, you know, lots of military precision flying and paratroopers and there must have been a hundred thousand people on the beach it was crazy packed full of people it was uh, quite a sight to see and then the main part of the trip was uh to visit ireland with my family so my entire family uh the entire scarf clan that was uh, my sister and uh, her daughter uh my aunt and then seven cousins we all uh, met up in Ireland. We spent three nights in Dublin and uh, three nights on the west coast of Ireland. And, oh, my gosh, Ireland is such a beautiful country. Uh, and I didn't get to see nearly half of the things I wanted to, so I will need to return. Uh, it, I could live in Dublin. It's a beautiful city, easy to get around. Um, I found not one, but two two uh, nerd stores in uh, Dublin. I uh, was at... <laughs> Forbidden Planet Dublin. Uh, I'd been in the London store, which is huge. The Dublin store is not quite as big, uh, but uh, they mostly had, you know, Funko Pops and Gundam models and that kind of thing. Some comics. Uh, And then I found a regular comic book store um, sort of on one of the pedestrian streets in um, downtown Dublin, too. So that was cool to see what an Irish comic book store looks like. And you know what? It looks a lot like a Canadian comic book store, except the prices are in euros not dollars. So <laughs> that means when they translate the price from American dollars on the cover, it usually goes down because the euro is that much uh, higher than the, even the US dollar right now. Which is kind of fun. Um, we In Dublin, I did a musical pub crawl where two Irish musicians took us from pub to pub uh, and taught us a lot about Irish music. That was very cool. Um, and what else did we do? We went to the Guinness, the Guinness storehouse, which I have been describing as an Epcot pavilion of beer. It's, <laughs> it's like, um, a five story walk through attraction where we learn about the history of, of the Guinness company and how they make their beer. And did you know that they have a 10,000 year lease on the land that they, uh, that their storehouse is occupying and they have a copy of it in glass encased in the floor of the storehouse so you can see it. So uh, the Guinness the Guinness company will be on that site until the year 11,890. Um, so, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so just in case you, you never, you, you need to know where something is uh, for the foreseeable future, the Guinness storehouse will be in Dublin until 11,890. I wish we could have negotiated our mortgage like that. (laughs) Any future time travel adventures, that's your point of reference. You know, the Guinness factory and warehouse or whatever will still be there. So just jump there and start from there. Actually, that's Um, pretty good advice. On the west coast of Ireland, we did an evening of Irish culture, which was music and storytelling, in a castle, which was just off the cliffs of Moore. Uh, I have a question yes. before we get away from too far from Guinness. Yeah. Did they give you free samples? Oh, yes. Yes, your tour includes a drink. Was it tastier, fresh from 
there versus. Oh, it tasted here. way better in Ireland than it does here. As much as I still love a good Guinness, Guinness here. Let me tell you, I love a good Guinness, but it'd be very, it would be cool to get a well, Guinness. Well, they taught from us Guinness. the proper way to pour a Guinness and the proper way to drink a Guinness. You oh. do not sip a Guinness. No, you chug a Guinness. You're supposed to, yes. Um, maybe not chug, but slurp yeah. is sort of because okay. you need to have both head and body in your mouth at the same time to get the full <laughs> Guinness experience. <laughs> It's uh, Ryan, what? Get Kevin your mind out of the it. gutter. <laughs> but the the uh, the Guinness the Guinness um, storehouse was really very interesting. We spent a good couple of hours there. It was well well worth it. And they had all the Guinness merchandise you could want in their gift shop. Um, nice. So yeah. Uh, so from there, we picked up some rental cars and drove to the west coast of Ireland. And uh, like I said, we we went to this. We went to this place called Dunningare Castle. Oh, the reason for the trip, I don't know, before we get let's go there, the reason for our trip was because we discovered that there is a monument that lists my family's family tree, and it is in a churchyard, in a small church in a tiny village um, called Old Lathlin, and it's in County Carlow, Ireland. So that was the reason for the trip. And so we all drove to this to this churchyard and we've got some nice pictures of us around the monument and we can see the names of the ancestors that left Ireland in 1820 and came to Canada. So it was just sort of very, it was very powerful to be all of us there together standing in the spot where, where the family came from originally. And when I told that story to Irish people who were there, they were all amazed because nobody had really heard stories like that of, of that kind of monument being there. So uh, it was pretty impressive. It's not that it's an impressive monument. I'm taller than the monument. It's like a large um, um, cemetery headstone. But just knowing that that's my family history and it goes back 500 years uh, is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, we drove to the Rock of Cashel, which is a 12th century um, cathedral. And it's mostly sort of disintegrating, but it's this beautiful old medieval cathedral on the top of a hill. Uh, that was pretty cool to see. Uh, and then the next day we went to that to Dunningare Castle where we had the evening of Irish culture. Um, two, um, like uh, there was a man and a woman who were who served as both the the servers of the meal that we had and the entertainment, uh, plus a harp player. Uh, to provide the music, which was which was really very interesting, uh, and then we uh, the next day we did a boat cruise to the Aran Islands, which are these three barren islands. Uh, more people come as tourists every day than actually live on the islands. <laughs> um, but at the at the north end of the of the island of Inishmore, there is a 10th century fortress that overlooks the Atlantic and looks out across the sea, which was pretty amazing. I, I bought a lovely wool sweater there. The Aran Islands are, are well known for their wool production and their knitting. And so that was my big splurge purchase on this trip was this beautiful handmade Irish sweater. Um, I love it. It's great. Oh, yeah. I've heard really good things about the yarn from there. I, you know, I almost texted you, Jen, because they were selling yarn. I'm like, Jen, do you want me to bring you yarn? But I didn't know if I could fit it in my suitcase because I only brought a carry-on. So it was tough even. No, no. But I saw this yarn and I thought of you, Jen. (laughs) I would have definitely said yes. And then, yeah, no, I didn't expect you to bring me back stuff because I knew you weren't traveling with a lot of luggage. But (laughs) I appreciate the thought. And one day I will get there myself. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And it's, and Baron, um, the the movie that movie that Colin Farrell was in last year, The Banshees of Inniskillen, was filmed on oh, this yeah. island. Oh, yeah, uh, it's gorgeous. So um, it's um, amazing. Uh, the boat cruise back to the town of Galway um, drove us past the Cliffs of Moher, which, uh, if you are a huge movie buff, you would know as the Cliffs of Insanity from The Princess Bride. That's so uh, cool. The, and uh, there is a cave that is in uh, the in the side of the cliffs as well. And that was a cave that was used. And I think it was Harry Potter number seven, part one. Hmm. I think that was the movie. One of the Harry Potters was filmed yeah. in a cave 
uh, along the shore too. If you go to the south shore of Ireland, which we were hoping to get to but just didn't have time, that's where they filmed Star Wars, uh, the uh, the new the new series where uh, Luke's Luke's Island with all the porgs is in the uh, the south of Ireland. Uh, Pork Island. <laughs> yes, and the reason that there's all those porgs is because the islands are covered with puffins. Yes, and yep. it's easier to just turn them into an alien creature than uh, try to and, erase them, yeah. than edit them all out. Yeah, and thus were born the porgs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so that sort of ended our Irish adventures. My family flew home the next day uh, back to Canada, and I was like, "Screw this! I'm in Europe. I'm going to keep having fun." So I went to my favorite theme park, uh, Europa Park, which is uh, in southwest Germany near the French border. And I met up with my friend Julie, my frequent travel partner. And we spent a lovely four nights at the Hotel Coliseo, which so it's in Germany. Uh, it's a European themed theme park. The hotel is called the Coliseo because it <coughs> excuse me, literally looks like the Roman Coliseum. That's um, so cool. Our view, the view from our room, you could see the whole courtyard. And there's a lovely fountain show that happens every hour in the middle of the courtyard. And it's it was a gorgeous hotel. Uh, and the nice thing at the at Europa Park Hotels is that um, breakfast is included. And it's not just a little continental breakfast with some croissants and jams. But it was a full buffet breakfast with uh, with all kinds of strange and exotic foods. Uh, including a vat of Nutella that you could spread on your waffles or pancakes. Um, I thought you were going to say including a vat of Nutella that you could stick your hand in. <laughs> well, you could do that too. You could do that too. Up uh, to the elbow, just lick it all day. <laughs> it was. It was the the breakfast there were, were wonderful. Uh, there were some new rides since the last time we had been at Europa Park. There, they had rebuilt their Scandinavia section because it had burned down just before we were there. And so oh, they geez. rebuilt their Pirates ride, which was amazing. Um, they are in the process of adding a new land to their park, uh, and it's Croatia. Um, and the feature ride in that land will be a roller coaster called Voltron uh, that is based on Nikola Tesla. Um, he's like the head character for this Croatia land. And there's like a preview center where um, Nikola Tesla leads you on a beautiful tour of, of the country of Croatia. So, um, but yeah, uh, uh, so Europa Park, pretty much the same as the last time we went, but we love it. It's a great theme park. What was also new there, though, were there were two attractions there that were new to us. One was, uh, I, I think I had told you guys about this. It was called Etrenaline, which was this combination five-star dining experience and dark ride. Um, oh, yes. I found it amazing. Their goal was to try to stimulate all of your senses. So you, uh, when you finally took your seat... It was a it was a very comfortable chair with a small table in front of you, and it was attached. Uh, it was on a platform that moved independently, and so they send sixteen people into the into the attraction at a time, and each room that your table moves into, they um, they're they're trying to stimulate different senses. There's an ocean themed room, and then there's a room where there you just get four little tiny bits of food and they represent sweet sour bitter and salty uh and then you went into an umami room where your your table um docks at a uh sushi bar and they serve you fresh sushi and sashimi right mm. uh right there um every course came with an alcoholic beverage so that was nice um lots of lots to drink and lots to do um my friend, uh, it was a little overwhelming for her. Um, the whole experience is in German, uh, and uh, she's the kind of person who needs to know what food uh, she's going to eat. So um, it was a Fair little enough. bit overwhelming for her. Uh, I, on the other hand, loved it, thought it was great. You were only allowed to take pictures in the first three rooms. So there, there's like a media blackout on what happens after that. But um, mm. if you want to know, hit me up, I'll tell you. <laughs> but I have no pictures. Uh, the other attraction at Europa Park that was new was Rulantica, which is their water park. And I am not a huge fan of water parks. I don't love water parks. But this, because it's in Germany, 
it is an an indoor outdoor water park. Most of it is indoors, um, and I would describe it more than as more than a water park. It's more like a combination water park and spa, uh, because in addition to the high speed slides and your wave pools, there was also just warm warm pools like where the water is heated to um, 85 degrees uh, mm-hmm. there were also two swim up bars in the in the water park um, there were uh, like bubble bubble areas where you could just relax because the the there was like bubble action happening all over around you uh, it was beautiful uh, we didn't expect too much from it but we both uh, really loved it and wished uh, wished we had have had spent more time there. Um, uh, it's got a sort of Nordic ice troll kind of theme, uh, but it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So uh, I really love Europa Park. It's like a place that I would that I feel like I can go back to like about every five years, and there'll be lots of new things to do. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, that's Europa. From there, we took a trip down to Disneyland Paris, where I spent the last three nights of my trip was at Disneyland Paris. We stayed in a hotel that was Wild West themed. Our <laughs> the, the building that uh, it's one of those uh, hotels with lots of buildings, and our building was the Butch Cassidy building. Uh, <laughs> you know, it looks and the, the the street between the buildings looks like you know gunfights could happen, and uh, it was very it was very cool. It's called the Hotel Cheyenne. Uh, Disneyland Paris this month was finishing up their 30th anniversary celebration. So we got to see their drone shows. And if people follow me, followed me on Facebook, they would have seen that I had live streamed the Marvel themed drone show. Ryan, I think you watched part of that, didn't you? Yes. Yes, I Uh, did. I watched it live with you. It was pretty astonishing. So that, that takes place in the Walt Disney Studios theme park, which is the second park at Disneyland Paris. They use the Tower of Terror as the backdrop to do projection mapping on. And then their drones created uh, not just logos, but full-out characters. Um, Like when they talked about Spider-Man, the drones formed the pattern of Spider-Man. It looked like he was climbing up the side of the building. Oh, Uh, cool. There were like, uh, when Wong or Doctor Strange came on, the teleport um, uh, circles would show up and then a character would pop through. It was amazing. I have never seen anything like it. Um, they don't do anything with drones in North America. I think maybe because it's a, a maybe a liability issue if the drones are flying over where people are and they might fall out of the sky. But they did drone shows at both parks and I, I was just blown away by by the technology. It's like It's like looking at static fireworks, right? Uh, it was just uh, amazing. They could make any kind of image they wanted you to see in the sky. It was fantastic. Um, so I really love. That was probably my favorite thing at Disneyland Paris was the were these drone shows. Um, the reason they did Marvel is because they do have an Avengers campus at, um, at Disneyland Paris at the Walt Disney Studios. There, it's not. Qu- it's not quite the same as the one in California. They do have the same Spider Man ride. Um, but instead of the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, drop ride like they have in California, they turned their rock and roller coaster into an Avengers-themed ride where you're helping Captain Marvel and Iron Man stop an alien invasion of Earth, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, I saw lots of characters out and about, Spider-Man. I saw Ant-Man. I saw Wasp. I saw, oh, the Dora Milaje. They do a show where the Dora Milaje come out and they induct uh, people into their group. And that was kind of cool. So there's lots of stuff happening in the in the Avengers campus part of the park. Oh, uh, their main restaurant there is the Pim Test Kitchen. In California, that restaurant is a quick service restaurant where you can go get like a burger or a sandwich. In France, it is a buffet. And it was one of the best buffets I've ever been to. And the, again, the gimmick with the Pim Test Kitchen is your food is either really, really tiny or really, really huge. Like they had a cake that looked like a giant Oreo cookie and you just cut a slice out of it. Or um, or they had these tiny little you know, like shot glasses of, um, of, of cold soups like um, gazpacho or, or cold melon soup. So I really loved that restaurant. It was, it was fun. 
Uh, Disneyland Paris. They, the problem with that park is they it's beautiful. I love it. It's a gorgeous theme park, but they haven't added anything new to it. It's been there for thirty over 30 years now, and it doesn't really have a lot of new attractions. They have turned their Space Mountain into a Star Wars ride, so it's Hyperspace Mountain now. <clears throat> so I did get to ride that a couple times. It's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I had a great time at Disneyland Paris. And then I flew home, and I was very tired the next day. And, I bet. Uh, uh, yeah, and I'm still you can my voice you can tell is still not 100 percent So any questions anything people would like to know about European theme parks or Irish history? <laughs> I I want to do that trip again <laughs> That whole trip sounded like so much fun <laughs> My trip? Yeah Your whole well, trip sounded so much fun. Yeah, it was great. It was great. I don't know how I'm gonna top it I don't think I will next year I'll do something else, but it won't be quite that much travel. I, I would love to do Disneyland outside of North America. Um, anyone I can get to, really. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I just uh, think it would be so interesting to see the differences between how the theme parks are in in North America and mm-hmm. how they are in Europe. <coughs> yeah, the... Um, the uh, the parks run slightly differently in Europe. Um, I find that guests are slightly ruder. Ah. Uh. Um, the um, you know, people pushing through, pushing through in lines seems to happen more often. Mm. But um, and the other difference is, um, so in in the American parks. Their skip the line access, they call it Genie Plus, and you buy it for the whole day, and you can like you can book time slots through the day, and it usually costs about twenty five dollars. Uh, in France, it's per attraction, and uh, I wasn't going to use it, but I got to the last day and was like, oh, there's still like three big rides that I would love to do again. I wanted to do Big Thunder Mountain. I wanted to do Phantom Manor, which is their haunted mansion, and I wanted to do Hyperspace Mountain one more time. And I didn't have time to stand in the lines, and I didn't want to stand in the lines, so I'm like, well, let me just pay. So I paid 16 euros for the privilege to skip the line on Big Thunder and Space Mountain, and I paid 7 euros Mm. for the privilege of skipping the line at... um, at haunted mansion so oh so it's depending on the popularity of the ride is exactly. how much it is yeah uh well the popularity i mean of the ride that kind of makes and sense how, and how busy the park is yeah, yeah. that kind of makes sense yeah so it comes down to a time versus money debate right yeah so see I, and at I would that like point to... i had more money than i had time so i w- i spent the money to go and check the place <laughs> I, I would like to do Disneyland Paris just because then we would also be in France and I could still drag Brent to a bunch of art galleries and museums. Yeah, I do regret that I didn't get into the city and do anything in Paris while I was there. Um, and a tour of France is still on my bucket list. I'd like to get down to the south of France and I'd like to get out to the Normandy beaches. And I'd like mm-hmm. to see Mont Saint-Michel and I'd like to go to the mm-hmm. Alps. So uh, one day there will be a, a tour of France in my future. So... I'm going to add it to my retirement trips. Yeah. So far, I've just got the one to Japan, but maybe I'll also add Tour of France to it. Mm. <laughs> oh, and I will also recommend, if you find yourself in Europe and you're looking for comfortable accommodations, the hotel we stayed at in Dublin was fairly new, and it's a new chain of hotels called Stay City, and they call themselves apart hotels because every room is like an apartment. It has... It has a fridge and at least a two-burner stove, a dishwasher, a microwave, so you can do some cooking in your own room. Um, we, I had booked three studio apartments for the nine of us, and when mm-hmm. we got there, they upgraded us to one-bedroom apartments. And the, the young woman working the reception is like, I don't know why they have upgraded you. And I'm like, I can tell you why, because we booked these like six months ago, and now there is a football match in town. Because the night we got to Ireland, Ireland was playing Netherlands in a qualifier for the UEFA Cup. So there was lots of people come into town just to go to the football game. And um, 
so if they tried to book a room at the same hotel, we got bumped up because because they were they didn't want to splurge on the one bedrooms. So mm. that's what happened. But we, nice. we we were we were very lucky to get those lovely upgrades, which was good. Mm-hmm. So. And I would stay in one of those again. They were clean. It was very centrally located. You could walk to anywhere you wanted to in Dublin. Uh, it was fantastic. So stay city apart hotels. Nice. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, thank you for that, Kevin. Hey, uh, so while you were gone, did you catch up on Ahsoka or are you uh, behind at this point? I am up to date on Ahsoka. So this week we had a an episode where we got to see more of Ezra than we did the uh, episode before. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Um, anybody have any thoughts? Because we've only got one left episode left, right? Uh-huh. I, I liked that he was actually a force user who uses the force to fight. I think you called him a, a Jedi monk. Yep. But like Sabine tried to give him back his lightsaber and he's like, nah, I don't need it. And I was like, oh, look, he's using the force instead of just throwing rocks. He's actually using the force to fight. And it kind of reminded me of uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. He was like, he's fighting like Aang. If anybody's seen that. Yes. <laughs> Ryan, what did you think? Oh, I liked it. I, as always, I'm, I'm on board on this series. Uh, just talking to that point, I think I saw people posting, because you know my memory is foggy on it, but it goes back to what he was kind of doing was one of the ways that like Ahsoka, the little bit that she interacted and taught him about the Force was that you, know, you don't always necessarily need to use like a lightsaber that, you know, the force is a weapon or the, is your, you know, a tool that you can use in a fight. Hmm. Yeah. But no other Jedi seems to remember that. So good yeah. on Ahsoka. <laughs> Unless they're around rocks and they're like, wait a minute, I can throw rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we I, haven't gotten an overall impression from Kevin yet. Have we? Yeah. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. Here's my problem with the show. I didn't watch all of Rebels. Ah. And I feel like this is more like Rebels season six than it yep. is a new show that stands on its own. If if you don't know everything that went down on Rebels, you're going to be a little bit lost. So, I mean, I have some basics. I, I watched the first season. I know who Ezra is. I know, I know who Hera and Sabine are. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know the whole history of everything, so um, I do feel a little bit lost when it comes to this show. And for that reason, I get also a little bit bored with it. Um, so I also feel like we've had seven episodes of buildup, and there's only one episode left. This is not going to end uh, no. next week, um, and there's been no chatter about a season two of ahsoka only that there is a like avengers like movie coming that filoni's going to do and it's going to have ahsoka and the mandalorian and boba fett and those people in it so i i'm still sort of in a wait and see on this i just i'm not i'm not loving it as much as i loved andor fair enough all righty. So, uh, yeah, one more episode to go. We'll see uh, how they stick the landing next week. Anybody have any predictions on how they think it's going to end? Like what the cliffhanger is going to be? No, but I still have some more thoughts on this latest episode, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. A few ahead. points I wanted to. Um, the whole sequence when uh, the, I guess, you know, the senators are kind of giving Hera shit for oh, yeah. taking off. Uh, that whole sequence was great. Yep. When we get uh, our everybody's favorite fighter pilot shows up, and he tries to like help out. He's like, "What about Mandalore?" And he's like, "Ah, nobody pays. Nobody cares." That was a, a an isolated incident. And then just as they, uh, for a while, I thought Hera was just going to tell them, "Well, you know what? You can take your generalship and shove it." <laughs> uh. But and then all of a sudden, C three PO. Walks up, they're like, oh, they weren't going to let him through. He's a a war hero. He's a veteran of the wars. And they were not going to let him into this meeting. 
<laughs> it's not just only a droid, and then Chopper gets all upset, which was great. Yeah, but not only is he a war hero and a veteran of everything so far, he's also like uh, Princess Leia's like personal droid. So it's like, come on, well, not exactly. letting him in is like not letting her in. And that we find out that's why he's there. Yeah, as her on her behalf, who we find out that she's in charge of the Republic Defense Force. So the guy made when he had that meeting that, you know, was all like, well, no, you're not going to do it. Don't do it. That whole vote was held without her knowledge or authorization. So when she just walked in there and just kind of like, had, well, he, when C-3PO walked in there and started like dropping like all this knowledge on us. And it was like, yeah, Leia just totally flexed on that guy. Yeah, I loved that. Yeah. That was amazing. So, but it really makes you kind of think about how this new republic is shaping up. It's like the they're like disregarding the war heroes and the people who made it. Basically, they're Which, like, yeah, whatever. Leia, Hera, you're you're past your prime. We're gonna make our own decisions now without you. It's like, oh, you got rid of the emperor. Great. We were just waiting. You know, Empire rebellion. Whoever, whatever. Whoever's in charge now. I'm just gonna be. You know, I would. Yeah. You know, yeah, these people that were wishy-washy and just were like, didn't fight. Like the war, the rebellion's over now. So we'll, we'll, you, you guys go away. We'll handle it now. We'll yeah. take over. Thank we're you. in charge now. Do what we say. Is like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> and that's how your government gets blown up by a planet-sized weapon. Yep. Again. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I'm really enjoying this. I really am. But I mean. Yeah. Arguably, Rebels is my favorite aspect of Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, I guess outside of the original trilogy, but because you can't have Star Wars without that. But like, I really love Rebels. Yeah. So uh, I'm enjoying so, this as the live action season six. Yeah. Like, Kevin wasn't wrong when he said that that's what it is. Yeah, it totally is. Yeah. Yeah. Because Karina uh, mentioned the same thing. Like, she didn't watch Clone Wars, she didn't watch Rebels. So um, her husband's oh, been filling in the gaps. <laughs> right, because some of the stuff does go back to Clone Wars, right? The, yeah. All the Anakin and Ahsoka stuff, right? Which I never yeah. watched. I didn't watch any of that, so. Yeah, I didn't watch all of uh, Clone Wars either, but I kind of caught the, um, I guess, the, the important episodes. Like, enough to know, and enough to know enough to get Rebels. And anything at the time I have a question, I just ask Brent. <laughs> um when thrawn his reaction when he's like well just you know when he's like oh yeah i need to know who her master was all this was how she was trained all yes. this like oh her master was anakin skywalker and he's like oh shit yes yeah. okay call everybody back um let's just see what she does okay cool she's on the planet let's just fuck off now <laughs> yeah <laughs> because you know he worked with anakin uh-huh. or during, uh, you know, I guess during the Clone Wars, possibly, and then while well, he worked with Vader, so if he knew whether you know, did he know that Anakin is Vader? I don't know, but probably. I mean, he is probably the smartest Star Wars character we've had. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, in one of the books, but I'm not sure if it's a, one of the current canon books. He worked it out. Yeah, and like it, basically, it me he's he talking to Vader and kind of like goes like, like just sort of drops a line and like, yeah, I know who the fuck you are. Shut up. <laughs> but yeah, so he knows that you know Anakin's unpredictability. Well, if that's her master, then well, okay, she's going to be unpredictable. Yep. So let's just see what she does. And okay, cool. She's on planet. Awesome. Let's leave. Yeah, and it's one of the reasons I really like Thrawn. I, I mean, I appreciate a good, smart villain. Yeah. And I really because it makes it so much more satisfying when he's defeated because to you have to outsmart the the smart guy basically. So I really love Thrawn and Rebels. I know I read the his the books he was originally in, but that was like when I was a teenager, so I don't remember them exactly. But I'm yeah. sure I loved them. Yeah. Um, and I really love him now again as in live action. It's so good. He's such a good villain. Yep. And so it'll be interesting to see how they wrap it all up. This, how they wrap this season up. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I, I'm still on the theory that the stormtroopers are undead, or at least a good chunk of them are. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Because I think the magic has brought them back, and that like chainmail shirt of dog tags that. Uh, 
Well, that's what you that's think. Ezra's people... just been picking him off. <laughs> I well, it would explain why they haven't gone after him in the first place. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, why, why wait until like the Je- those Jedi are there? And that and like, oh, Thrawn actually kind of thinks, well, maybe these guys can take him because uh, he he's murdered like forty of my guys. Mm. Why waste another one unless I have a chance? Like, like you said, like he's a he's a smart villain. He's not like okay, I've done this twice now. He's fucked up my guys both times. I'm not going to do it a third time because I need these guys for for stuff. Yeah. And now, he somehow got out of the Star Destroyer, right? Yeah. But so I've heard the thing people saying, "Oh, it's this chainmail is made of dog tags." We've never seen dog tags in star wars yeah that is a very good point so i don't also, think they're dog tags i, I think also, it's just chain mail made from scrap yeah i also feel like it's outside of ezra's personality to take trophies of his kill like he's yeah. not the type of character who would relish in that he would do it as a very last resort and then he wouldn't want a trophy or a reminder of it he would just be like i had to do it and now i don't want to think about it anymore because like he's not a killer. Like that's not his character. Yeah, that's assuming he hasn't gone to the dark side a little bit <laughs> while he's been there. I don't understand why everybody is like. Ever since Rebels started, they're like, "Oh, Ezra's going to go to the dark side. He's going to go to the dark side." I was like, "Why?" Well, it hints at it like a couple times. Yeah, but everybody touches the fringes of the dark side. That's how you know your limits. I like that the was... comparisons people are making to the way he looks here with his beard. To the times we've seen his father from the yes. cartoon, ah, and he very much like this actor with this beard very much looks like how his father was drawn. Yeah, they did a really good job casting uh, live action people who look like the cartoon. Because <laughs> I don't imagine that when they were drawing them, they were thinking, now just in case this becomes live action, we better make them look like real people. <laughs> so they did yeah. a really good job with that. Is there any chance that we could see who was the the Jedi that was with the Rebels? Could we see him appear as a Force ghost at any point? Hera's, that would be awesome. Uh, Hera's kid's father. Yeah, Kanan. Yeah. I was so upset when he died in Rebels. <laughs> it was such. It was a good death, though. It was, but I still did not like it. <laughs> oh no! That's where they did it. I know. I was like, Brent, no. You can't. Brent's learning not to watch shows when I get overly attached to people. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, can't watch this with her anymore. (laughs) Alrighty. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode, Mm -hmm. which means Patreon shoutouts and geek picks. Uh, first up, Patreon shoutouts. If you would like to help us out, patreon.com slash true north nerds. Uh, there's a little bit of extra bonus content on there for those of you who decide to give us three bucks a month. Um, we very much appreciate it. And you also get a little shout out uh, in terms of bonus content. Sometime in the very near future, a new episode of Listen to This by myself and Alex Kruger will be dropping in the Patreon. Uh, not exactly sure when, but it's, it's recorded and being produced. So it should be shortly. Um, so for those of you who would like to hear that, it's, uh, myself and Alex talking about music this week, we talk about compilation albums and how they don't really exist anymore due to the internet. <laughs> and Not along with playlists. some of our, our favorites. Yeah. Well, exactly. their own compilation albums. Yes. Yep. But uh, it's, uh, shout outs go to Drew, Karina, Rhino Vision, uh, the aforementioned Alex, Team Woods, who also does our truenorthnerds.com website, which is a landing page where you can be pointed to all of our various stuff. Uh, Mike Hammond and Rex. So, yes, thank you very much, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much. Now on to Geek Picks. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Okay. So, fresh onto Amazon Prime this week uh, is the latest uh, addition to the boys' universe of uh, live action series. 
uh, and we get Gen V or Generation V. It's the new, like, it's the younger generation. All the, the children that have been given V have grown up, and it's like a bunch of them in, I guess, a university, a school where they can, where they learn to be, air quotes, superheroes or supers as they go by a lot. And um, if you like the boys, then you'll you'll probably enjoy this because there's lots of blood. Uh, lots of violence, some weird stuff. Yeah. Uh, so just dropped this week. Uh, the first three episodes are now on Amazon Prime. So cool. check it out. Neat. Next. Okay. Um, so I have really started loving uh, the DC Universe Infinite app. I've been reading a ton of comics on it. And I love it so much that I just updated it. I, I I upgraded to the Ultra tier, which costs $144 a year. So that's only $12 a month when you think about it. I spend more than that on the couple of Star Trek comics I buy every month. And when you add the Ultra tier, it cuts the um, the weight for new issues down to one month. So it's only one month behind the comic shops. But it also unlocks tons of Vertigo stuff that's not in the lower tier. And also um, uh, l- lots of trades. And you would think, hey, you know, if the, if the regular issues are there, why do you need the trades? But the trades a lot of times have alternate art or um, text pieces in them. But also there's a lot of trades that collect that collect runs of books where not all of them are on the lower tier of the DC Universe Infinite app. So especially I'm talking about Silver Age stuff, uh, especially when it comes to to characters like Supergirl or the Legion. So, um, yeah. So like I say, I like it enough that I have just upgraded to the uh, $12 a month tier of DC Universe Infinite Ultra. DC Universe Infinite Ultra. That's what I'm using now. The Marvel app is fine. I like it good uh, as well, but I'm a DC kid at heart, so long live the Legion. <laughs> All right. Ryan? I already went. It's My Jen's turn. turn. Jen, sorry. <laughs> I lost track somewhere. Way to pay attention, Brent. <laughs> uh, so um, I kind of joined slash I'm running a book club at work. Um oh. I got. I don't know how I ended up running it, but I am. <laughs> anyway, the book that we're reading, uh, we read a book every eight weeks or every two months or so. So the book that we're reading for this one is from 2015, and it's called The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. And it is set in France. Uh, it starts in 1939, so just at the beginning of World War II. And it talks about... Uh, life in France during World War II. And it's two sisters, Vianne, who uh, is living in a, a little village outside of Paris and ends up having to have a Nazi stay with her. And her sister, Isabelle, who ends up going into Paris to help the resistance. And I'm not, I'm about, actually, I'm almost exactly halfway through it. And it is excellent. Mm. Um, I picked it up a while ago like uh, the copy of it because Sarita had read it and told me it was great and I was like great I'll buy it and then I just sat on my shelf until we decided to do it for the book club this month so I was like hey I already have that book great and it's it's very good so uh, like I said it's a bit of an older book you could probably find it in a thrift store if you wanted to read it uh, I'm sure your library will have it um, and yeah the nightingale so if you like historical fiction I don't know how it's going to end yet, but it is very good. I guess since it's, it's a World War II book in France, it could end either way for the two main characters, and that's part of what makes it exciting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Brent. Um, so I am going to go uh, with an action figure that I picked up this week. Uh, this week I picked up the uh, what in the U.S. is a Target exclusive, and here seems to be a Toys R Us exclusive, AEW Samoa Joe. Uh, Samoa Joe is one of my favorites, and it I have a couple other figures of his from when he was in WWE, 
and they aren't nearly as awesome as this one. This one captures the essence of Joe, who, uh, for those of you who are watching uh, Twisted Metal, he is the physical version of Sweet Tooth on the show. Um, and he uh, is a bit of a uh, ass kicker. So I'm glad to have added that to my collection and redid uh, my entire wrestling display just so I could put him in it. Cool. Uh, with that being said, that is it for this episode. Next episode, we'll probably be tackling Loki, I'm guessing. Yes, oh, when Loki is that starts starting? on Thursday. Oh, cool. Um, let me see. Uh, we'll, I'm just we'll have seeing two episodes of Loki and the final episode of Ahsoka to talk about. Mm. Yeah, so that comes out. I'm sorry, I'm just looking at the calendar here. <laughs> so, do 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 do. Oh, okay. So we we will be Jen and I will be around for that episode. That's good. Yeah, I was double checking the like when does our next episode fall? Yeah, yeah so we'll be there for that one. Awesome. We're going on a vacation. Yay! Yes, and then you can get your trip report too. Yay! Because you're going to a big old toy show. Yay! And an art gallery. Yay! Or are you going to the art institute? Yes. Awesome. I still we, don't know what else we're doing that day, but that's definitely going to be a part of it. Yeah, we may do the river cruise, but that kind of depends on weather. It's also expensive. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, if you do that, you can maybe. I wonder if they show you can find the different spots where they filmed uh, Transformers Three, because uh, that one takes place in Chicago. Yes. <laughs> so does Ferris Bueller's Day Yeah. Off. Yeah. No. Do, do, do the Ferris Bueller tour. Don't do. Um, I yeah. I recommend. I highly recommend the boat cruise. Um, it's really fun, and you learn a lot, and you get to sit and just let the city go by. It's very yeah. Cool. But you didn't do it in October. <laughs> no, but I did it in April. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, that would be comparable. Well, off air, maybe Kevin, if you remember, I'll get which uh, company you went through. Okay. Um. So yes. Uh. Then we will see you guys in two weeks. Thank you all for listening. Uh. uh again, Patreon.com/slash True North Nerds. And until next time, Obamaste. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the True North Nerds. You can find us at truenorthnerds.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at True North Nerds. To contact one or any of the nerds, you can email them at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Theme music provided by Kirby Crackle. You can find more of their music at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you like this show, please go to your podcast app of choice and rate and review us.